So this month, the month of, uh, what is it, the month of November, um, we know that it, the, towards the end of November it leads up to uh, our Thanksgiving time and, and a place of, you know, a, a, an attitude of Thanksgiving. Through the years, you know the messages that I've preached. If you've been around here at all, I've preached a lot of different messages on Thanksgiving through the years. And, um, and last year I had a title that, that was having a, an attitude of gratitude, developing that attitude. And since last year, um, as I've studied along these lines and taken some things that I shared last year uh, up until this year, this whole month of, of uh, November I'm dedicating to ministering on on understanding what it means to develop a, a heart of gratitude, of thankfulness. Um, gratitude is defined as thankfulness, and thankfulness is defined as gratitude. So you really can't separate the two. The word gratitude has a little bit more of a oomph to it in, in, in that it is thankfulness with a passion. Thankfulness with a passion. And... Um, as I've been studying the Word, I have a whole new series on this over these next few weeks, and I'm just going to kind of break the ice, going to minister a little shorter today because I want to give Ben opportunity to share what he's going to share. And, um, but I, I, I want to break the ice with a couple things that, I, I, that over this last year, even in my own personal life, you know, I, I, don't, I don't get some thought or idea personally, that I start applying to myself and then preach it to you. It's got to work in me. Things have to work out in me. But I'm no different than you are, you know. We're all human beings. We all have issues. We all have stuff in our lives that we've got to work through. <clears throat> and, but, but as God begins to reveal something to me and it becomes a part of my life, he gives me the liberty to share it, you know, when, it, when it's something that's working in me. And over the last year or so, um, God's given me a couple things in, in, in regards to being thankful and how that thankfulness relates to God's grace. Thankfulness and the grace of God. And over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about having a thankful heart from, from a position of really understanding the grace of God. Most people, if you ask them, you know, what, what, what is the grace of God? Well, it's God's unmerited favor. It is. But actually, it is the largest word in the Bible. The word grace is the largest word in the Bible. You, you, you cannot define grace with a few sentences, uh, you know, a couple of different words. Well, it means this. It means favor. Yeah, it does mean favor, but it's so much more than that. Um, a while back in, in my daily confessions... I start every day with, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. God's mercy and His grace are new to me every morning. And, and it was a while back, and, and I, was, I was declaring that, and, I, and I, just, I just had this thing on the inside of me. I just heard the, the, these words just came to my mind. Not an audible voice, just this knowing. And, 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 and I heard it like this. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And his grace and his mercy are new every morning. 
And it was like I heard God say, and my judgment isn't there. My grace and mercy are there, but not my judgment. So every morning when you wake up, what's not there is God judging your day before or the week before or a month ago, you know, or six months ago or five years ago or 25 years ago based on some mistakes. No, his mercy and his grace are new and fresh every day. But how do you activate the grace of God in your life? It's there for me to receive. Well, I believe you do that, and that's what we're going to talk about just a little bit today and the next three Sundays. I believe you do that through Thanksgiving. And you'll see in what we're going to share that grace and thankfulness, you actually can't separate and actually... When you define the word grace in the Greek, part of the definition is thankful. Grace is thankfulness. But it's a thankfulness that goes beyond just, you know, well, thank you for doing what you did, you know, kind of thing. I mean, it's kind of a half-hearted attitude at times we have when somebody's done something for us. But, but there, there's an ownership in thankfulness that causes the grace of God that has done everything for your and my life? Scripture says, but for the grace of God, where would we be? I promise you I'd be dead if it wasn't for the grace of God. Amen? So I want to look through a number of scriptures today. I'm going to get as far as I can, and and then we'll stop and we'll pick it up next Sunday. But I am really excited about the revelation that God has given me in this that I'm sharing with you. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 57. <clears throat> well, actually, before we read that, let's look at, at, at 1 Thessalonians 5, and then we'll go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Thessalonians 5. <clears throat> 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 16. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So, I'm telling you today, it's God's will for you to give thanks. Watch watch what it says right there. In what? Everything. Car runs over your foot. Oh, thank you, Lord, for that car running over. No. No, he didn't say that. He said, in everything, give thanks. In it. In the midst of it. You know what, Lord? A car ran over my foot, but I choose to thank you that your word is true. And I love you. No matter what has come against me, I thank you that you're more than enough. That thankfulness erases things that we face. The thankfulness does. And it's God's will for your life. You were created to not necessarily be understood. You were created to give thanks in everything. What does that mean? That means 24-7. Excuse me. That means 24-7, we need to be busy thanking God. Amen? Thanking God for how, who He is and how great He is and all that He has done for us. 1 Corinthians 15-57. 15-57. 
But thanks be to God, thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So thankfulness creates victory. But we don't wait to see the victory. We give God thanks before the victory. We begin to honor Him every day and thank Him. Lord, I thank You that this is the day that You have made. And you may not feel well. You maybe got up on the wrong side of the bed. Maybe you had, you know, five bad dreams and you feel like in your head you were run over by a truck. And you get up out of bed and you know what? I don't care how I feel. I'm not waiting to feel good to give God thanks. I'm going to thank Him anyway. That's His will for your life. You were created to live your life to give thanks. 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 14. I really like this verse. I've always loved this verse. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. You, You know that that triumph and victory smell good. And I'm not talking about B.O., good or bad. I'm talking about it smells good when you're living in triumph. And living in triumph and victory is preceded by, it, it, it's prefaced by giving thanks. As I give thanks... Victory is ahead. As I give thanks, triumph in things that I face. The Bible didn't ever promise us that we wouldn't face stuff or difficult things or things that would come against us. But when they did, he gave us a weapon of thankfulness to honor God and praise God and watch God be the difference in what happens. The one thing I want you to get over the next few weeks, if, if you, I, I promise you, I, I don't usually say this, but I'm saying this today. If you, if you can't be in every one of these messages, I really encourage you to go to the website. You can either listen to it or download it on the website. It doesn't cost you anything. You can listen to it for free. But I'd really call, encourage you to listen to every one of these messages if, you, if you're not able to be here for this whole thing because of this revelation that God's given me, okay? I've got it in myself. It doesn't mean no one else has it. I mean, I just got this revelation that God has told me this month to share with you. Now, everybody wants to receive. Everybody wants to be in a place in their life to receive from God. Is that not true? Everybody say, I want to receive, okay? Thankfulness creates a greater opportunity to receive from God than in anything you'll ever do in life. And there is no middle ground with thankfulness. You're either thankful or you're not. Well, you know, I'm kind of thankful, but, you know, but, but not really right here. No, that means you're unthankful. And the more unthankful that you are about things because of how stuff relates to your life, then the more unthankful you'll become. And with unthankfulness is this 
this dividing line that separates you from receiving from the things of God. You know why? Because it's his will that you give thanks in all things. It's his will. Some people say, well, you know, I just don't know what the will of God is for my life. Right there. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18. Give thanks in everything. In everything. And when I give thanks in everything, there's no end. The, the possibilities are endless that can come my way if I develop that heart of gratitude. How, how many know there's lots of things to complain about? How many can say they're really excited about Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, being gone? The election will be over with. We don't have to hear any more of this stuff, right? Yes. So everybody say, I'm grateful. I'm thankful. Mm. I'm thankful for both of the candidates. I'm thankful for the government of the United States of America. I am thankful. Even though your head's saying, no, you're not. Or whatever. Maybe that's not you. But there's no middle ground. You're either thankful and you're developing that thankful heart, or you're not. <clears throat> and, you know, I, I'm convinced that this is a bigger problem than most people know because it was a bigger problem than I had any clue in my own life of the things that I was not thankful for and the things that I complained and moaned and groaned and, and, and I'm going to share one little thing that we'll expound on probably next week or the week after. I'm going to share this with you in a moment. But this, this, it's, a, it's, an, it's an epidemic in our nation. It, it is literally, this ungrateful attitude is an epidemic in our nation. And I, w- I want to tie, I'm just kind of, Throwing a few little things together. Look at James 4 and verse 6. <clears throat> now, when I say something is an epidemic in our nation, you, you may think, well, you know, Pastor, I mean, I, I, I know this person, that person, whatever. Well, okay, I'm telling you by the Spirit of the Lord that God is saying to our nation, that we're unthankful and ungrateful. And that a lot of the issues and the problems in our nation can be resolved and settled with people with thankful hearts. In James 4, 6 it says, "Um, but he gives more grace. Therefore he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So, I I really believe, and I think you'll relate to this, if you're open-minded, you'll relate to what I'm fixing to say. The thing about our society is that many, 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 many people have this attitude that somebody owes them in life. The government owes me. God owes me. Uh, 
I deserve to be a certain way. I deserve to have certain things. I deserve to be treated a certain way. I deserve the vacation. I worked hard for it. I deserve it. I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. Well, I've realized in my own life, (laughs) when you stop and you look at your life through what Jesus accomplished, you know how much I deserve? Zero. Everything I have and everything I've ever done is on loan from God. But for the grace of God, I'm nothing. And this attitude of, this attitude that, that people possess of somebody owing them something or even that God owes them something, God owes us nothing. Actually, everything, now, this may catch several of you off guard, you know, and it may take till next week to, to reel you back in, but I'm going to say it like this. You don't deserve anything. You don't deserve anything that you have. Not anything. But for the grace of God. God owes you nothing. There's a verse of scripture in Romans 4.4 that says works. when, when, When your justification in life is based on what you do then it's a debt. What I do in life, what you do in life, if we're connected to God, is by the grace of God, not works. Well, but man, I believe God for this, and I've stood in faith, and, and so God owes me. He's got to know you nothing. Hmm? Your and my destiny was hell, but for the, the grace of God and the blood of Jesus, it was hell. That was your and my destination. We deserve nothing. So, in, can you put that 4-6 that back up, that James 4-6? So, so in this, it says, but he gives more grace. Or one translation says, greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to who? Those who humble themselves. When I realize in life that my life without him is nothing then my faith and my confidence, which faith is good, and I have faith, but when I have faith, I can have faith in the fact that, um, that you know, you and I came from a tadpole. I can have faith in that. But see, that's just an, a, a theory that has not been proven. See? So you can have faith in that. You can have faith in that specific thing. But that doesn't mean that it's true. I have faith in the fact that, but for the grace of God, I'm nothing. I have faith and confidence in the fact that I was saved, I was saved by grace through the faith of God and confidence of God. I have faith that that's so. And as a result of the way I was saved, I believe that Jesus is the only way. But you know what? I have no tangible proof that that's true. Zero. You and I, no matter what you have in the natural, if you have something or you don't have something, that's not the end of life. Life doesn't end there. What you and I don't deserve 
is what he produced. But you know what he, you know who he produced it for? <laughs> for us. See? Listen to me when I say this. And I want you to catch this over the next month. I want you to catch this. We were created to give thanks. We were created to do his will, which is to give thanks. By the grace of God, you and I are saved and everything. Listen to me. You're not promised your next breath, but for the grace of God. But in the grace of God, I know I'm promised long life. My next breath is because of the grace of God. My wife and I being married for 38 plus years is because of the grace of God. Not because I'm so good. I promise you. Hmm? Yeah, well, you know, God, God owes me a good marriage because I've worked really, really hard at it. Now, now there's a debt. Now God owes you something. No, God didn't owe you anything. No, it was the grace of God that liberated you and I. So catch this thing, just get this thing. It's my will to give thanks. And that thankfulness is tied to the grace of God. So when I activate the grace of God through thankfulness, then all the days of my life I will be thankful ahead of time for what's coming to me. Not going to God with the word, trying to get God to do something in my life. I'm thanking him that I'm healed. I'm thanking him today that by the grace of God, I'm healed, I'm delivered, I'm prosperous, I'm set free. Nothing can overcome me. The angels encamp around about me. I'm the head and not the tail above and not beneath. Because his word says so. But I'm thankful every day that that's so. And what that does is that activates the grace of God on a steady basis. Every single morning, the grace of God is brand new in my life. And no judgment. Anybody think of something that you shouldn't have done yesterday? God wasn't at your bedside going, okay, okay, come on. He wasn't there. The grace of God was there. And you know what? The grace, of God is, the grace of God is there. Come on, Bert. Activate me. Activate me. Activate me. Father, I thank you that this is the day you have made. And I rejoice and I'm so glad and I'm so thankful for today. I'm so just awed by your presence in my life. I thank you, Father, that you've healed me and delivered me, that you saved me, you set me free, you've liberated me in every area. And man, all of a sudden, that, that unmerited favor begins to work on your behalf in the day, and it's not based on works. Over time, it's based on the development of your love for God. Not works. God is not impressed with our works. Are works no good? I didn't say that. I just said he's not impressed by them. They should be the end result of things that we do out of obedience for our love for God. Jesus said, I only do those things in the earth that I get from my Father. I only say what I hear from him. 
He was obedient, but that didn't impress the father. In the last hour, in the last hour, he said, God, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done. So Jesus' will and the Father's will were not one in the last hour. And you know what he did? It was the ultimate act of submission to the will of the Father, but it was the ultimate act of submission to the grace of God in operation. And you know what? It was tough. And there were some really horrible, difficult things for 12 hours that he went through. But then, bam, victory. Hmm? Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what the past has appeared to be. I don't care how bad your marriage has been or how difficult relationships with your kids or people or those kind of... I don't care what it's been. That's not waiting for you every morning. What's waiting for you is you. To activate the grace that's already been paid for, that's already been set up, all our part is, is to give Him glory. To have faith in the fact that what he said he did, he, he did, and he will do for us what he said he would do. That's what activates the grace. Again, God doesn't owe you health. He doesn't owe you finances. He doesn't owe you peace. He doesn't owe you and I. He doesn't owe my wife and I a good marriage. He doesn't owe us that. It's not what he owes us. He actually... He doesn't even owe every single person that's in this place. He doesn't even he doesn't owe you a mate. Come on, come back, come back, come back. But through the grace of God, he promised you a mate. And as you activate that every day, Lord, I just I just thank you. Thank you for my marriage. I thank you for the mate you have for me. I thank you for my finances. I thank you for my health. I thank you today that your word says so. What we're doing is we're activating, we're activating the grace of God. Amen? That is there and new and fresh for us. And in the grace of God is everything I need. Everything. There's not anything that's not already covered in the grace. The grace isn't going to show up and say, oh my gosh, look what Randy did. It's not covered under the grace. I mean, everything else is, but not that thing Randy did. Oh my gosh, how horrible that thing was. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's absolutely nothing that's not covered. And all I've got to do, activate it and receive it. Everybody say, it's mine. I'm going to read this verse in Ephesians 2. I love this verse. Man, I love this verse. Ephesians 2 and verse, or these four verses. But God, verse 4, Ephesians 2 and 4. But God who is rich in mercy, hmm, because of his great love which he loved us. Verse 5. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. 
For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is what? Everybody say, grace Grace. is a gift. If I walk up to Randy and and I've I've got a box lined inside of the box. Let's see, it's about like this. And it's about this wide and it's about this deep. And it's lined with $100 bills. I mean, just stacked in there, tight. So, Randy, I don't know how much is in here, but I'm giving this to you. It's a gift. What's Randy going to say? Oh, I don't deserve it. (laughs) What's he going to say? Thank you. (laughs) Right? Hmm? It is a gift from God. And when you realize that the grace of God is a gift, you don't deserve it. Before Jesus went to the cross, you were headed for hell. He saw you on the cross and he said, man, I love you. 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 I I love them all. All those who were there that day, all those who would ever live on planet earth, and all those who ever lived before him, he died for them. It was a gift. And when you and I received it into our life in salvation, if you're born again today, if you receive that into your life, then you were born again. But it was a gift. It wasn't because you deserved it. And there's nothing in life that you deserve. It's all a gift. It's all by the grace of God. And when you and I understand that and we receive it that way, then we will activate that gift 24-7, all the time, realizing that it's dependent on my attitude toward understanding how important that the grace of God is, the grace of God is in my life and how to activate it through thanksgiving. Can you say amen? I want that to just soak in. Just, just, just for a moment, just close your eyes just for a moment and just think about what I said. Just think about for a moment. The grace of God is a gift. And the grace of God is why you're here. It's why you're alive. It's why you're anything that you are. And every day of your life, you activate it through thanksgiving, through thankfulness thankfulness of the people around you. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to end with this, and then I'm going to have Ben come. Um, I want to end with this. I was sitting in my office in, on 300 Water Street one day, and uh, years ago, and a guy came by, and he was, it was 190 degrees outside, and he came into the lobby of the church, that's an exaggeration, it was 105 probably, <clears throat> and he comes into the foyer of the church, and, he, and he's sitting there just pouring sweat, and he goes, uh, tell me, tell me, is it, is it, are you you're the pastor of the church? I said, yeah. He said, please tell me that you believe in creation. And I go, okay, I do. 
said, is it a trick question? He goes, no. He said, I've just been to about five different churches that don't believe in creation. And I said, at a church? They don't believe in creation? No. He said, they believe in the Big Bang. Well, I said, I believe in the Big Bang. He said, when God said light be and light was, there was a big old bang. <laughs> you know, Big Bang. And uh, I didn't know him at the time, but anybody ever seen David Barton on television? Yeah. <laughs> That's who was sitting in my foyer. This was probably 25 years ago, I guess. I don't know, something like that. <laughs> he was sitting in my foyer just sweating bullets and, and looking for a church that's going to believe in creation. And, uh, and, and as we were talking, and, and from that conversation that I had with him, I started realizing how that to believe in a God that did everything that the Bible said with no natural proof just per se. I mean, there's things that prove it in the, you know, in the history of the world, but to, to say that this is the way that it happened in the beginning is a theory. And that's what David Barton said to me. He said, you know what? It's a theory. But we have faith in that theory that it's real. And we choose to believe the Bible, and we choose to believe that it, but for the grace of God, we'd all be wiped out. And, and, I, and I got to thinking about this today as I was preaching this word. How much that we need this to be real in our lives. You and I need for this grace of God to be real. We need creation to be real. I'm telling you, it's real. I believe that it's real. But humanity needs it. And when a person, the Bible says in Romans 1, when a person does not believe in creation and what God did, the Bible calls him a fool. You know why? Because he rejects the grace of God. I'm just telling you right now, I need the grace of God to exist. I need the grace of God to live. Not to be, not to be confident in my own ability to do things. You need, the grace of, you need the grace of God to raise your children in a time that we live in right now. We need the grace of God in every way. And to say that we don't believe in the God of creation is to say that we don't believe in the grace of God. You can't make it. I'm telling you, you can't make it. Because unthankfulness will draw you farther and farther. As a Christian, it'll draw you farther and farther away from the grace of God and begin to get you to believe in your own abilities. And the closer we get to trusting in our own ability instead of trusting in the grace of God is a dangerous, dangerous place. And our whole society right now has been duped into believe that you trust in what you can see instead of the God who you can't see. And I just tell you today, and over the next few weeks, we're going to tap this thankfulness thing, and we're going to make it real in our lives to a greater level than we ever have. Well, Pastor, I'm thankful. Yeah, but you can go even more. I don't care who you are, myself, any of us. We can be even that much more thankful for the things that God has done and stay focused on the grace of God and not anything else. Can you say amen? Heavenly Father.